You're now tuning in to our GrowPoint Dumagete podcast, where it's all about relationships. We exist to glorify God by making disciples in the spirit of love. Blessed Sunday and welcome to GrowPoint Dumagete Worship at Home. Today we will continue with our series, Rooted and Grounded. But before that, let's join our hearts together in prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for your goodness. We praise you for your greatness as our God. And Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you, God, for forgiving us of all of our sins, for giving us eternal salvation in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, for walking with us, for being with us all the time. We thank you that your Spirit is in us. Your Spirit empowers us instructs us, leads and guides us, corrects us, rebukes us. Lord, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for your ministry in and through us. We desire to grow spiritually. We want to be like Jesus in our character and in our conduct. And so we yield to you. We surrender to you our lives afresh today. We ask that you will be our teacher. We ask that you will give us enlightenment and illumination. We ask that you will, oh God, open our eyes to see wonderful things. truths from your word today. We commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last week, we started a series, Rooted and Grounded, which is created with a burden to impart truths that will help us to know the Lord and grow spiritually in our love and relationship with Him. And to grow spiritually and be changed into the likeness of Jesus Christ, God's Son, in our character, which which will produce you know, a Christ-like conduct or behavior is really God's plan for us. It is God's preferred picture for our future as His own people. In short, God wants us to be Christ-like in all that we are and in all that we do. He wants us to live like Jesus lived. He wants us to love like Jesus loved. And He wants us to labor like Jesus worked and dedicated His life to do the work of the ministry that God has entrusted to him. Jesus is our model. He's our standard that we should imitate by the help and the ministry of the Holy Spirit and God's work, you know, in us, in transforming us to become like him. And we started a series with a message entitled, Be Alive for the simple and obvious reason that there can be no spiritual growth if there is no spiritual life at all. So we looked at Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 7, which describes really two things. It describes, first of all, what sin did to us and what our sovereign God did for us. Sin brought us spiritual death made us disobedient, depraved, and doomed from birth. But our sovereign God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ, who sacrificed His life on the cross for our sins and rose again on the third day. And God made us alive together with Jesus. God, you know, raised us up together with Jesus. And God seated us together with Jesus. In today's message entitled, Be Receptive. Let us consider a passage that we actually looked at, you know, not long ago. In Mark chapter 4, verses 1 to verse 20, its parallel passage in the gospel is found in Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 to 23, and Luke chapter 8, verses 4 down to verse 15. 
And as we meditate on God's word for us today, let us open our minds and let's open our hearts and allow God to speak to us individually. Let God reveal the true condition of our hearts towards Him and His Word. And as I mentioned in the previous Sundays, you know, we are so blessed because we grew up in an agricultural area. And, you know, these principles of growth is not so foreign for us if we take parallels from, you know, agriculture. For us to have a healthy plant, there has to be a good seed. And that seed must fall on good ground. So we talked about the seed last week. That's the seed of God's word, the gospel. Today we'll look at a good ground, which is necessary for, you know, growing something, growing a plant, for example. So if we want to grow spiritually, we have to have the good seed of the word of God, the good seed of the gospel. But for that seed to have life and for that seed to grow and bear fruit, there has to be a good ground in the soil of our hearts. So let us allow God to reveal the true condition of our hearts as we consider His Word today. The main point is very simple. The condition of our hearts determine, okay? The condition of our hearts determine our response to the gospel and to the, to the Word of God and to God Himself. So whatever is the condition of our hearts, it will determine our response to Him and His Word. Now this passage in Mark chapter 4 verse 1 to 20 is commonly known as the parable of the sower. But a careful reading will convince us that it is more of a parable of the soils. And Jesus explained that parable for us. It is important for us to realize that sowing was a metaphor in the Old Testament for God's work in and through His people, the nation of Israel. And there are verses and passages of Scripture in the Old Testament that would, that would indicate that. Now, before we go into the, the story, into the parable, rather, I want us to realize that the sower here is, of course, referring to Jesus Christ, who has been going to various places to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, as we can read in Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and verse 38. In Mark 1.14, the Bible says, Now after John, this is John the Baptist, after he was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. And in verse 38 of the same chapter, the Bible says, Let us go to the next towns, Jesus said, that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. But anyone who goes out and preaches the gospel is also a sower. So in this parable, the sower is God. The sower is Jesus. Okay? And everyone who preaches the word of God really is a sower. But in this particular instance, it is Jesus Christ. The seed, as explained by the Lord, is the word of God. Mark 4 and verse 14, the sower sows the word. So it's referring to the word of God. But in Matthew chapter 13 verse 18, which is the parallel passage... Matthew identified the word that's been sown as the word of the kingdom. And we understand that the word of the kingdom is the gospel message. It is the gospel of salvation through Jesus Christ. So that's the seed, the gospel, the word of God. The soil is a picture of man's heart. 
Here, Jesus talked about four types of soils that represent four various conditions of man's heart that determines one's response when the truth of the gospel is heard. Although the, the direct context is about man's varying responses to the gospel specifically, we can be certain that the same principle applies to any of God's word being preached. Okay, so if it is God's word or if it is the gospel, the condition of man's heart, okay, who is listening to the message of God or listening to the gospel determines his response to it. So in this parable, the Lord Jesus gave much attention to describing okay, the failure of the seed and the reasons for it. When we carefully look at the parable, we can observe that the one constant throughout the parable is directly connected in reference to the seed and the soil that receives it. So if you look at the parable, it's really about the seed and the soil. Okay? It's not so much about the sower. The details will instruct us that for us to have a good crop, okay, that depends if we have a good soil. So in the same way with the plant right here behind me, okay, if we want this plant to grow okay, and have a good crop, have a good, a healthy growing plant, it depends on what kind of soil you planted it. So that's the, that's the, that's the idea that we can see all throughout this parable. We can say that the sowing of the seed effectively reveals the true condition and the nature of the soil, whether it will produce harvest or not. So as we consider God's word for us this morning, which describes the various hearts of men with varying responses to the gospel and the word of God, let us be sensitive to the still small voice of God speaking to us as he reveals to us individually and personally the real condition of our own hearts. So what are the different conditions of man's heart described in the parable of the soils or the parable of the sowers of the sower as it is popularly known? There are four, as I've said okay, earlier, four different conditions of man's heart that our Lord Jesus described in this parable of the soils. The first one is what we call the hard heart. Okay? The hard heart. Mark chapter 4 and verse 4, Jesus said, And he sowed some seed, okay, fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Now this is a description of the heart of someone who hears the word of God, but is unresponsive, unreceptive, unmoved, uninterested to the spiritual things such as gospel and the word of God. And Jesus went on to say that, you know, the birds came in and snatches away the seed. And that is a representation of Satan who quickly comes and snatches the seed of the word that was sown. Now, if you think about that parable, okay? Now a farmer, and you're going to go seeds, and then he sowed, some, he sowed his seeds. But he sowed some of the seeds, and some of them fell on the pathway, on the pavement, which is hard, okay? You might ask, you know, how careless is that sower being described in that parable? We'll talk about that earlier. I mean, 
uh, we'll talk about that. Because you may challenge that, you know, description of the sower. Why would the sower sow on that kind of soil, you may ask. But if you consider the context, okay, and who it is who is sowing, and that's Jesus, as we mentioned, and the seed that is being sown, which is the gospel primarily, and the word of God, okay, you can say that the farmer here, God himself, is actually focused on the possibility of yield and harvest. At the end of the day, remember that only sowing will lead to reaping. This is actually, for me, a picture of our gracious God sowing the seed of the gospel even to those who have a hard heart, sending a very clear message. And what is that message? The message is that God really wants all to hear the gospel, understand it, respond to it by faith and repentance, and be saved. Because the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so God is at work in each one's heart, and He's sowing the seed of the Word. He's sowing the seed of the gospel to every single one's heart, so that in the end, when a person dies and goes to hell, he cannot blame God for not allowing him to be exposed with the gospel. Because God is revealing Himself and He's sending His message to all of us through creation, through His Word, and through His people, His witnesses. And if a person rejects God's message, he cannot blame God for, go, you know, for dying and going to hell. So that to me is God's gracious act okay, being pictured here. That He gives opportunities to people to hear the gospel, you know, or at least be led to the hearing of the gospel, so that he can be safe. Because not, God is not willing that any should perish, but it all should come to repentance. That is God's grace. And because of the hardness of man's heart, God's word could not penetrate and produce the life within. Because this hard heart, as Jesus explained in Mark chapter 4, verse 15, here's what he said. These are the ones along the path where the word is sown, where they hear, and Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. This is the hard heart which is unresponsive, unreceptive, unmoved, uninterested, and as a result, unsaved. Okay? The wayside, remember, is, is a path. It's, it's hard, it's packed, okay? due to the you know, constant pounding of the steps of the people and the vehicles that passes by it. That's a graphic description of a heart that is dry and not stirred or disturbed or not affected by God's Word. God's Word could not penetrate in that person's heart because it's hard. So my question for us this morning is this. Does this kind of heart describe your heart today? Do you have a hard heart? Are you unresponsive? Are you unmoved? Are you unstirred? Are you unaffected by the hearing of the Word of God? Because if that is you, then that reveals the true condition of your heart. Whenever you hear someone preaching, whenever you hear someone sharing a testimony or anything that is spiritual, anything that is of God, and then you're unresponsive, you're uninterested, you're unmoved, unstirred, unaffected, and you have a hard heart, and God's Word and God's seed, okay, which is His Word, cannot penetrate in your heart. 
Secondly, Jesus described what we call the shallow heart. Okay, The shallow heart. Mark chapter 4 and verse 5, Jesus said, Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprung up since it had no depth of soil. And in verse 16 and 17, he explained that. He said that these are the ones sown on a rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on the account of the word, immediately they fall away. Now, this is the heart of someone who hears the word and has immediate joyful response, emotional and impulsive response, initially filled with excitement. But then, there is no depth. So when testing and tribulation and persecution come, they quickly give up. As someone said, they're quickly green and they're quickly gone. These are the ones who appeared to be genuinely convicted and appeared to be genuinely receptive of God's word, shown by their initial excitement. But ultimately, they will reject the gospel. They will reject the word of God. They will reject God's message. Because buried underneath a shallow heart that is initially Ex, you know, expressive of its joy and outwardly enthusiastic. Okay, underneath that is the unrepentant, unbelieving heart. When their profession of faith is tested and challenged, they easily stumble and fall away. Let me ask you a question: Is this a description of your heart today? You have joy receiving God's word. At the beginning, but it could not take root. It does not stay, you know, for a long time. It is a very short lifespan. When confronted with the cost of following Jesus, such as losing your life, you immediately fall away. But then initially you were very excited. Wow, praise the Lord. You're raising your hand. You're jumping around. You're tearful. You're emotional. You know, you're enthusiastic. Let me join a Bible study. Let's go there. I want to go with you. Let's join prayer meeting. Let's go to church. But then when persecution comes, okay, when opposition comes, when friends and family, you know, give you a hard time, you give up Jesus and you run away and rejoin the world. Is that you today? Because if that is you, you cannot grow spiritually. You cannot, okay? You cannot experience the abundant life that Jesus Christ promised. You have to have life within you. Genuinely have that life within you before you can grow and become the person God intends you to become. The third heart, after the hard and then the shallow, you have the destructed heart. The destructed heart. Mark 4, 7, Jesus said, Other seed fell among thorns, and thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. So here's a picture of the seed being sown by the sower, and it begins to grow. But then, when it started to grow, thorny weeds sprouts alongside of it, and eventually choking out the good plant so that it cannot bear fruit. And kita sa ato ang lugar, we are witnesses of that. 
That's why kinanglan bitaw nato i-cultivate, kinanglan natong you know, bantayan ang ato ang gipananom nga wala bay sagbot nga misabay sa ilaha. You know, in our place because we we grew up in the middle of a sugarcane farm, you know, in the early months of the sugarcane, you have, you know, the farmer or the owner have to watch out for it because when the when the sugarcane begins to grow, right? The weeds also grow alongside of it. And so that when you give the fertilizer, the weeds actually normally will outgrow the sugar cane. So what you need to do is before you fertilize that, you need to remove the weeds and make sure there are no competitors. So that your sugar cane will have the fertilizers and it can grow and it can yield your crop eventually later on. The seed begins to grow, Jesus said, but then a thorny weed sprouts alongside of it, choking out the good plant and that plant could no longer bear fruit. This is an uncultivated or I want to call it the unguarded heart. The description did not include okay, the amount of soil or the type of soil. This is a hard soil or you know, this is a shallow soil. There's only little soil in it. This, to me, it's a, it's a picture of someone's heart that can potentially okay, receive the seed of God's word and can potentially allow that seed to grow and actually, you know, bear a crop or bear some fruits later on. The Lord here speaks of a soil that can, as I've said, potentially allow the seed to grow and be fruitful. But it is hindered of the competing weeds that choke it. And in verse 18 and 19, this is how the Lord Jesus Christ explained the destructed heart or the seed that fell among the thorns. He said in verse 18, And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word. But the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. This is the heart of someone who hears the word of God, but then there are, there are competing things inside such, you know, in such, inside that man's heart, such as the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things. Unlike the heart that is hard or the heart that is shallow, the destructed heart represented by the thorny soil is a description of what we call a double-minded heart. As someone pointed out, instead of possessing a singular love for Christ, their hearts remain captivated by a love for the world. Their minds are meditating about the riches and worldly possessions instead of meditating on God's eternal word and the riches He has provided for us in Christ. The destructed heart is preoccupied with the worries of the world such as buying the latest car launch or the biggest house or growing wealth for self-gratification and fleshly satisfaction. They spend more time and energy thinking about their business, their career, and they don't make time for the word and prayer and they don't have unhurried time with Jesus. They are distracted, double-minded, the Lord Jesus said in his Sermon on the Mount, you know, what he is, the king of that kingdom, wants to see and what he does not want to see from his people inside his kingdom. 
And in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus said that this is something I don't want to see in my people, in my kingdom. He says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other, or will be devoted to the one to despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Just doesn't happen. You cannot do that. You have to choose one. And I hope that you will choose God. The destructed heart. 1 John 2, 15 to verse 17, John said, Do not love the world or the things of this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of God, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away, going along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. A love for the world and a love for the word okay, are incompatible and mutually exclusive. The one will choke the other, as someone wisely pointed out. If we truly love Christ, if we truly receive His word, then we will okay, forsake the world. Leave it behind us. Many Christians today are not growing spiritually because they have a destructed heart. They claim to love God, but they are still attached to the world. They're living in a worldly way. They have embraced and they're still attached to the worldly system, which is opposed to God's value system. Destructed hearts. God doesn't want that. God doesn't want us to have a hard heart. God doesn't want us to have, you know, a destructed heart. God doesn't want us to have what we call, you know, a shallow heart or a thorny heart. No, He wants us to have the last one, a receptive heart. A receptive heart. And this is a picture of a good soil. If you want a plant or a tree to grow and be healthy, okay, it has to be well-rooted and grounded. But it can only be rooted and grounded if you have good soil. The seed falls on good soil, then it can grow and be rooted and grounded. Same with us. If we want to grow spiritually, if we want to be rooted and grounded in our love and relationship with God, established in the faith, growing you know, in the love of Christ, then we must have a receptive heart. We must have a good soil in our hearts. Jesus said in Mark chapter 4 and verse 8, And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. With its immediate context, the Lord Jesus seemed to encourage His disciples, and by extension, you know, including us, who is proclaiming the gospel, okay, that though many will reject those who have a hard heart, those who have a shallow heart, those who have a destructed heart, okay, Many will reject the message and eventually abandon Jesus Christ in exchange for the world due to the hardness of their heart, the shallowness of their heart, and the worldliness in their hearts. There will always be some who will receive the good news of salvation, which is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus Christ alone. Here's how Jesus explained that in Mark chapter 4, verse 20. But those that were sown on good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. 
Now, this is the heart of someone who hears the word of God, embraces it, accepts it willingly and happily, or welcomes it for themselves. They understand it, and it bears fruit in the life of this believer. The Lord stated in His explanation the word, but. He started with that. Okay? And that to me is a clear indication that before He described the good heart, the good soil, what he was about to say is radically different from the first three hearts that he described. And he obviously desires this one for us to possess. To have a receptive heart is necessary for a believer to grow spiritually. It is a believer who not only accepts the word of God mentally or emotionally, okay, like the ones described earlier, the initial excitement and joy. No, that's emotional. The believer who has a good heart is someone okay, who not only accepts it with a mental you know, acceptance or emotional acceptance, but he heartily receives the word. He heartily embraces it, welcomes it. You know, meditates upon it, find joy in it, find delight in it, and he wants to dwell in it. He wants it to stay in his mind. And this is the kind of Christian, the kind of person, by the way, the one who has a good heart that is receptive to God's word. This is the one who will experience transformation. He will experience spiritual growth by the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the one who desires the word of God, who is preoccupied with the Son of God and is yielded to the work of the Spirit of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18, the Bible says, We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord. The word beholding there is a picture of someone who's looking for a needle at the beach. Someone who has intensity and intentionality. You are beholding the glory of the Lord. And if you are beholding the glory of the Lord daily, intentionally, and intensely, you know, grazing upon the glory of God. The Bible says you are being transformed into that same image. That image that you are focusing in. The image of Christ from one degree of glory to another. And this comes from the Spirit. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. It is this Christian believer who will eventually bear fruits 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold for God's glory. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 1 to verse 8. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does, does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now listen to verse 3. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. And you receive it. And then in verse 4 he says, Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Unless you remain vitally connected to Christ. Unless you remain intimately related to Christ. Connected to Him. Drawing strength from Him. Drawing from Him as your source. Allowing Him to sustain you. Allowing His life to flow through you as His branch. Unless you do that, you cannot bear fruits. But if you do that, you will be fruitful because Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him. That speaks of intimacy. You know, that speaks of the kind of closeness 
that God desires to have with us as His people. Jesus went on to say, It is that believer, it is that branch that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. And by this the Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Jesus said, if you have a good soil in your heart, and you receive God's word, and you allow the word to do its work in you, you allow the word to, you know, help you grow spiritually, to transform you, to change you into the image and the likeness of Christ, you will be fruitful. You will grow, you will be healthy, and you will bear fruits. And when you bear fruits, you give God glory. You are glorifying the Father. So as we close, as we think about spiritual growth, as we think about being in the likeness of Christ, we need, okay, we need God to be at work in us. And He is. As a matter of fact, God is constantly at work in each one's heart. And He supplies and sows the seed of the Word of God that is necessary. And He does that through the ministry of the Spirit. It is God who gives life and sustains that life. But only if the soil of that heart is right. Remember, the condition of your heart determines your response to the seed of the Word of God, the Gospel, and your response to God Himself. How we respond to the seed of God's Word sown in our hearts will determine whether we will grow and experience transformation or not. One important key to growth and fruitfulness is having a good heart, a receptive heart. The one who has a singular passion, whose only preoccupation is Jesus and His Word, the one who desires to glorify God is the one who has a receptive heart. And that's the one that will grow. That's the one that will bear fruit. That's the one who will be rooted and grounded, who will grow as a healthy disciple, who will be making disciples effectively in small groups, and people will be impacted. You know, the gospel will be spread. Believers will be maturing under the, you know, the care of that person. Leaders will be reproduced. In the end, God is glorified because that is a person who lives on mission for Christ. That is a believer who is living for God's glory by making disciples in the spirit of love. That's what we want. That's our desire. So if we want to grow, we must have the good seed. And that's the word of God. But that good seed must fall on good ground. That's a receptive heart. And I hope that you will desire a receptive heart. And if you are here today and you realize my heart, my heart is hard. Or my heart is shallow. Or maybe you say my heart is distracted. Then come before the Lord. Ask Him. God may be speaking to you this morning and He's saying, My son, my child, give me your heart. Give God your heart and let Him transform your heart. Let Him change your heart. Let Him soften your heart. Let Him give you a good heart. God's going to give you a good heart. When you have a good heart, you can be receptive of His Word. Then God can do His penetrating work in your life. You can grow and you can be changed. And you will be transformed into the likeness of your, His Son, Jesus Christ. And you will live the abundant life. And you will be fruitful. And God will be glorified in you and through you. How's your heart today?
Is your heart hard? Is your heart shallow? You have initial excitement, but then later on, you still abandon, you still reject the message of God's word. Do you have a distracted heart, a thorny heart? You have allowed the cares of this world, the deceptiveness of the riches of this world and other things you know, to choke the word of God that's been sown in your heart? Or do you have a good receptive heart? That's between you and the Lord now. Let me pray for you. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for this parable. And may you use it, Lord, to reveal to us the true condition of our own hearts. Oh, please, oh God, open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, and bring us to a point of humility wherein we will honestly confess the true condition of our hearts. And may we give our hearts to you and allow you to change it, allow you to transform it, and give us a good heart. Give us a receptive heart, a heart that has a singular passion for you, a singular love and devotion for you, a heart that delights in you, a heart that desires you. This is our prayer, Lord. Help us to be believers who are deeply rooted and grounded in, in the love of Christ, established in the faith, built up in our faith in you. O oh Lord, answer our prayers now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.